Well, welcome to a summer edition of The Butter Dish, where we're melting already. <laughs> <laughs> but literally. So we have a couple of different ideas for today's podcast called Summer Stressors. We're going to actually hit two topics, which you know are really going to be like 1,700 topics in, that <laughs> our disguises too. But also, this is our very first time recording in the summer. Mm. So please allow for summer brain. <laughs> and it's a microcosm of everything we're going to be talking about. Right. And currently, it's 77 degrees at 10 o'clock in the morning here mm. in California. I feel like a DJ. 77 yeah. degrees here at 10 o'clock in California. So just know that it gets, we're getting, we're probably going to get sweaty soon, too. Seriously. And the traffic update is everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and gas prices are at an all time high. Seriously. Also, that. So we thought we'd start with something that is a stressful thought for many of you who have messaged in and put in DMs as well as in stories. Your concerns about being all over the place, on track or off track, and your routine has gone to crap. Mm -hmm. So these are definitely stressful thoughts in the midst of supposedly one of the most relaxing times of the year. <laughs> ha ha. So let's talk a little bit about what why it feels that way. Well, 100%. I mean, it's like there's... You know, a lot of the clients that I'm working with right now, they've gone from having a lot of structure, I mean, you know, program and as well as one-on-one, -on -one, they've gone from having a lot of structure in this, in the school year to, and, and looking forward to the quote break of summer and all the free time, but that can be um, a double-edged sword, right? So uh, it's easy to, when we have kind of like a forced structure, whether you're a school teacher, or you have kids in school or, or the weather is more uh yeah there you go um it it's you know you go from kind of feeling like you're 10 out of 10 nailing your routine being productive getting all the things done to like more of like a what do you always say now like three months of Saturdays yeah three months <laughs> of Saturdays which can be really overwhelming especially if historically your Saturdays have felt overwhelming to you even yeah. during the year and so that kind of energy and that expectation for weekends or even just the awareness of how your weekends feel and then you multiply them you know by three months worth and you put them all back to back can definitely put you back into that kind of headspace where you feel a little bit um, for lack of better description in control of things yeah. which has its pluses and minuses because mm -hmm. it's really also a great time for you to see what really works for you and what you're capable of maintaining and achieving I feel like this is a if you look at it in the right direction it can actually be a open welcoming time to see like what's realistic for me mm -hmm. um, in the context of not having like a consistent routine. Like what am I doing already that I can get, that I can call my lifestyle? Like, am I really great at getting my water? Am I still getting my steps? Like without whatever, is sleep really coming easily to me? These are things that you can kind of almost like put away in like, in a sense of like, this is just part of who I am now. And then that can also open up things to things like, like awareness of things you want to work on um, just because of the natural randomness of the summer it can kind of show you where you're at yeah absolutely and like one of the thoughts that somebody had written in was I feel like I'm on track and off track and actually I mean from a coaching standpoint I mean that's actually what we're looking for in the in the in the summer it's you know you're enjoying your time off when you're off you know um on vacation or traveling or what have you and then when you get back to it you get back to it um so all of the questions that Natalie just went through, like those aren't rhetorical, like literally ask yourself, what is realistic for me? What am I, what am I getting done? I mean, we're all, we all can make a list that's a million times longer of all the things we should do. And we're not doing well enough and all of those things. But um, what are, 
it's a time to simplify and kind of go all in on, on a few healthy habits instead of trying to hold yourself to the productivity standard that maybe you were in uh, six weeks ago. And you know that I want to like interject in this because I want to ask you how you think shame shows up in the summer. Mm-hmm. Well, just like a lot of us have our worth confused with what we look like, a lot of us have our worth confused with how productive we are, right? So on the one hand, and it, it's such a, talk about like the a cognitive dissonance span. It's like on the one hand, you got to admit you were getting kind of burned out. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I know I was. Yes, everybody's looking for the summer. I mean, every time spring breaks hit, break hits, it's like, you. it's just a grind to the end of the school year. Everything's going to be so much better in the summer. Everything's going to be so much, you know, easier or whatever. And then it doesn't, it doesn't sometimes feel that way. So just uh, understanding this feeling of like, when, when we start shooting ourselves, when we start, um, comparing ourselves to other people or who we were in the past. Or who um, we were in the, in the time. Yes. We start forecasting um, negative outcomes of like, Oh no, I'm going to go on this vacation and I'm going to gain so much weight or these things, you know, how will I ever get this figured out? Just notice that you're going, you know, where your brain's going, you're going to the past, you're going to the future, you're comparing, you're judging. Um, and remember to come back to the present moment and, and what are you working on now and what can what's realistic for you to accomplish today? I think what's interesting about the summer too is sometimes it's almost like its own New Year's Day. <laughs> totally. Like you, have, yeah. you know, you have the traditional New Year's resolutions and then you have all the things that you would hope to accomplish by summer, right? And a lot of times it has to go in with like how you're going to show up in summer. Yeah. Where I feel like in the wintertime, we definitely give ourselves like a lot more flexibility because it's the hoodie season totally. and sweatshirt season and like, you know, hibernation. But summer, it's like where things get a lot more bare, a lot more naked, and we feel a lot more exposed about the things that we're not doing or we believe that we should have done already or should mm. be doing. And so the summer shame stressors are like of the same variety that carry throughout the year. But it is ironic how I don't think that most people realize that they treat it like a New Year's of sorts. Oh, interesting. Right. Or an accomplishment. Yeah. 100%. So it's, it's, you know, it's interesting, (laughs) particularly for those of us who have ADHD, we sort of go through this cycle where it's like, oh, I really just need some organization in my life. I need a, a new routine. I need structure. And then it's like, ah, the structure is suffocating me. I need a break. And then, oh no, my life is chaos. I need structure. So a lot of that's definitely how summer feels to me. I mean, the last few weeks have been total chaos. And now I'm, I'm really loving getting a few, getting caught up on laundry. Yes. It's still a situation <laughs> or different things like that. Just kind of getting, um, but, but pare down that list of, of all of the things that you expect of yourself. I mean, this is habit psychology 101. You want to simplify it, set the bar at a super achievable level and be proud of yourself, be super proud of ourselves. Because as you were saying about the New Year's Day mentality, that's the biggest, probably the biggest reason that we see people give up or feel like a failure is they expect themselves to do 10,000 things starting Monday. And it's like, you you just, nobody can live, nobody can sustain that kind of um, intensity or pressure. And it's not necessary to make progress. Absolutely. And every single time that you, ever like you know idolize a past iteration of yourself or blame a past iteration but it's never going to help your current one either so if you're shitting yourself or like if only you know natalie would have gotten it together in like march 
summer wouldn't be this way. It's like, that's not really helpful because yeah. obviously we are here in the present almost on the eve of July. And so let's just figure out a way to make the best of it. So what Heidi was talking about was tiny, tiny habits and reducing everything to like a super stupid, easy level. And for those of you who are like, well, that's not enough. Like, I don't feel like it's like, it's a start. Yeah. So why don't we start with like, what is an easy habit for you? You know, kind of like what we mentioned earlier is getting your water easy for you. Some people really, really struggle with it. Mm-hmm. And so that's like something, me. something easy for you to maybe put on your plate. Like I can just do water today yeah. and pick one small achievable goal. And then you can slowly add to it. Expecting yourself to like, have this like summer roboticness is also, I mean, if your life lends that way, then for sure, you can establish the same kind of routine that you did, you know, when it's not summer. And I, and I know some of you don't have kids and you have a 365 year job. The only difference right now might be that you might have a vacation or two planned, or maybe it's literally like clockwork and you're just starting from scratch, whatever context you're in, like find things that you feel like you could be good at right away. That is always motivating in the sense that like, when you can take that off your plate, it feels like you have room for something else. Totally. So on just in case anybody's looking for some ideas, I love the idea of water, hitting 100 grams of protein a day, hitting at least 15 grams of fiber, making sure you're getting at least seven hours of sleep, maybe schedule yourself a massage, practice mindfulness or guided meditation for 15 to 20 minutes, um, it, it, things like that, that I, I love me a habit <laughs> that also feels feels good in the doing of it. Right. And I love a habit that actually is self-care. It's yeah. like, you don't want to be dehydrated. So that's why water is a really great habit. Exactly. It's not just about like a fit person drinks water. It's like a person who wants to exist well and stay hydrated drinks water. Right? Totally. So it's more of a, more of a life, like a life habit than it is like a fitness habit. And I yes. think sometimes we try to make everything a fitness habit because this is what a fit person would do. It's like, no, we're just people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, so it's true. like, reduce it down. And like, what is something that like, everybody should be doing regardless of how active they are or how not active. Because that's the, another thing too, I noticed with summer is like people judge themselves for their activity or lack of activity yeah. or different how activity looks. I mean, you might be, you know, wakeboarding or on the lake and swimming, which is not something that you would ever do any other time, but you're like, but it's not traditionally lifting weights. Or it's mm-hmm. not, you know, my usual exercise routine. It's like movement is movement to your body. Yeah. Your body isn't like, well, gosh, Heidi, like, I really wish you would have done it like what you usually do. It's like, no, it's like, you're moving, you're moving. You know, <laughs> it's like, it counts as movement in, in whatever context it is. And I know that for some of you, the temperature can really be um, a limiting a factor, limiting factor mm-hmm. for things like walking or being outside and or mosquitoes could be a limiting factor. <laughs> Yikes. Um, but in any way you can, moving to feel good is something that you should really, really try to like learn how to respect for yourself Yes, because that's really what it comes down to is being able to be able-bodied wherever you are. And I love that you kind of pointed out that tendency to sort of feel like you kind of lose yourself in playing a role. Like I'm a fit person. This is what, this is what a fit person does. And just notice how that takes you away from checking in with yourself. You're so focused on a result that you're not noticing. Yeah. Do you, do you need some water? Do you need a break? You know, those, those kinds of things. Whereas like how the process feels, we say this all the time, how the process feels is going to determine your results. Ironically, overdoing everything is going to compromise your results just as much as under quote unquote, underdoing everything. So when you are able to be in a place where you can have a little bit of consistency, then 
go back and do the things that you know make you feel good about your day. Yeah. So if it means like having your fridge filled with a couple items that you have on hand so that way you're not waiting too long till you get hungry or, mm-hmm. you know, getting yourself some kind of snack that you feel really good about when you eat. Um, it doesn't have to look a certain way for it to be successful. And exactly. I think that's what we forget. We, we forget that progress is just you making actionable things happen for yourself. Yep. And if you, if you've kind of, you know, you're sort of sitting with not really, not really knowing where you are on any of these things. One of the first things that we have our clients do is just track what they're already doing. Um, So forget where your baseline quote should be close quote, (laughs) and just, you know, notice how, how much protein or how many calories are you getting? How many steps are you getting? Um, Just, just noticing a lot of those things is going to open a path of self-awareness that can really change a whole, change everything really. And if your natural default setting is that you're always overeating and you're always not moving enough, then you really, really need to do this exercise. Yeah. Because absolutely. sometimes even just giving yourself some awareness and proving yourself like wrong, so to speak, air quote, mm-hmm. is really all part of having less shame around your summer stressors. Yep. Absolutely. Sometimes data is your very best friend. <laughs> Agree. And it's a great way to get an objective eye on like really what's happening. Like, am I really doing as awful as I think? Yeah. Probably not. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's also nothing you said that you cannot enjoy your summer. Like your summer is not meant to be stressed about what you're doing in it or what you're yeah. not doing in it. What a perfect segue into our second topic. Wonderful. Which is the dun, 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 dun. swimsuits. Swimsuit. <laughs> Being in a bathing suit. That one is actually, I feel like it's been like such a hot topic for the last couple of years because you have the camp that's like, just wear the swimsuit. And then you have the other camp that's like, I don't want to wear the swimsuit. And then there, there's a there's a subtle like mothering jab in there too. Like if you wear the swimsuit and you're in the pool with your kids, you're a good mom. And if you don't, if you're not there yet, then I guess you're missing out, you know, on being a present parent, which let's like you were just saying, neither of those things are necessarily true. Right. So where do you, where do you think is a good place to start with? So I think I would love to first acknowledge that you don't have to like wearing a bathing suit. Yeah. You really don't (laughs) like it's, I mean, it's like a bra, for example. Okay. Bras have their purpose. But man, isn't it awesome when you don't have to wear one? Oh my God, seriously. Like, like, yes. Like the pandemic really proved that point, okay? So I want you to think of like a bathing suit serves a purpose and has a function, but you don't ever have to, if you never ever like wearing one, that is okay. Yeah. I think that a lot of people haze themselves because they don't like being in a swimsuit or they they really yes. they really internalize the fact that like, gosh, why can't I get to a place like these girls where they can wear a swimsuit and they like love it. It's like some people really do enjoy being in a bathing suit. It's like the most, the smallest amount of clothes they can wear legally. <laughs> but at the same time, some of us really don't like wearing a bathing suit. And I want you to understand that whatever way you feel about it, you're okay. Yes. That being said, are there things that will limit, will, will, will limit participation in things because you're not willing to wear one? Maybe. Absolutely. And that's where you get to weigh in how important it is for you to not wear one or to wear one. Well, and let's let's also point out too that a lot of times what makes the difference in your experience is how you're talking to yourself through that experience, right? So let's say that you're let's say you don't feel super great about the idea of wearing a swimsuit, but you're but you're you're going swimming for an activity with family or friends or whatever, going to the lake, you're gonna do it. How 
So first of all, <laughs> be a friend to yourself and actually get a swimsuit that fits and that you like to a, to whatever level is possible. Yeah. Regardless of what Airco fashion says right now, find there's a luckily now more than ever, there's a million bathing suits for people of all shapes and sizes and cuts mm-hmm. and colors and textures and prints. And I mean, goodness, the other day I saw one that was like had cap sleeves or some long sleeves. There's like I mean, there every variation possible, especially for people who are very sun concerned, right? Yeah. Like there is so many options now to find, there's gotta be something that you kind of feel it looks a little bit cute. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like Nat said, um, it's, it's acknowledge how you feel. You don't need to pretend that you feel any other way, but at the same, once, once you acknowledge what that feeling is, um, I feel insecure. I'm afraid of being judged. I feel, um, you know, whatever, whatever emotion it is and really be, be specific about what that emotion is. Um, some things like, um, I look terrible in this or people, I, I look fat or those kinds of things. Those are not emotions. We want to, we want to know what the feeling is. I feel embarrassed. I feel ashamed. I feel, um, you, you know, th- those kinds of things. Cause once you know what you're feeling, then you have some idea of how to help yourself. You know, I feel disappointed. I feel anxious. I feel, you know, when, once you understand what that feeling is, we want to do the second step, which is start being a friend to ourselves and helping our, ourselves through it. Just because you have a feeling doesn't mean that that feeling is an accurate reflection of reality. Like I feel anxious. Therefore I have something to be anxious about. That's not necessarily true. That's called emotional reasoning where you, where you take your emotions as facts and then you extrapolate, like try to make it, try to logic your way from them. That that's not a thing. It's the same thing. Like your kid, uh, you know, crying over melted popsicles saying my life is ruined and, you know, like, and that that's a fact, right? <laughs> so um, now it's, it's real that they're having that emotional experience, right? Just like it's real that you're feeling anxious or embarrassed or, or whatever, that's real. Now we want to help ourselves, right? Kind of like you were saying earlier about, um, you know, habits and is it, is it true that you're doing absolutely nothing? You know, is it true that you are the worst looking person in a bathing suit in the history of the world, right? Is it true that you're not allowed to um, live and breathe in a swimsuit like any other human? Is it, you know, kind of noticing like, the, the crazy logic we come up with when we absolutely 100% believe what we're feeling. And I think it's also important to recognize in yourself, like, what do you do outwardly too? Do you find yourself judging people in swimsuits? Yeah. Do you find yourself picking people apart in swimsuits? A lot of times our insecurities are, we, we do project on other people. So if yes. we think that everyone's going to be looking at us, thinking how awful we look, it's most likely because we do the same thing. And there's yep. a little bit of correction in there for ourselves available to us to be able to be like, okay, well, why do I think that? Right. Why do I feel that way? Like, why do I actually spend my time like thinking about other people in bathing suits and who deserves to wear one and who doesn't that is exactly. And, and we know where that comes from. Blame is, you know, shame and judgment ju- judgments like that are um, externalized shame. So True humility is believing you're amazing and so is everybody else. So what if we start from the play? We operate from the place of like everybody gets to play. I mean, that's like you know, literally. Yeah. Amazing. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So this is a really common thing that our brains do. Um, 
you know, at least 30 to 50% of the time, our brains are just wandering and and reacting to our environment. So when we are in a particularly vulnerable situation like this, shame's going to just be like breathing down our neck, right? So our best, the best thing we can do for ourselves is focus on what is happening in the present moment and notice just like, um, you know, just like a, when you're trying to train a puppy at beginning, the, the puppy's not going to stay where you tell them to stay, right? But the more you practice it, the more the puppy will stay. Our brains are a lot the same way, right? They will wander if they have the opportunity. So practicing mindfulness, which whether you do it formally in a guided meditation or those kinds of things, mindfulness is just focusing on what is happening in the present moment. So that means you're sitting on the edge of the pool, you start to notice, oh, um, she's looking at me or I feel, I feel so stupid or I don't look as good as her or whatever. Oh, I'm out. I'm outside. My brain has wandered to comparing and judging. Right. Um, or like you mentioned earlier, you go to the past of like, why did I do that thing? Why wasn't I better on vacation or whatever? What if this is how I feel now, what's going to happen when we go to, you know, Mexico or whatever, it's going to be horrible. You're like, Oh, there's my brain in the past and in the future, come back to the present moment. How, you know, what's happening right now. Notice how beautiful the world is around you. Notice like the temperature of the air. Notice, see if you can even notice what is happening inside of your physical body. Name the emotions that you're feeling. Talk kindly to yourself. You deserve to be treated that way, just like anybody else. You deserve to be treated like a good person that's worthy of love because you are. Absolutely. And bringing, being in the present is a very hard practice for most of us. We either err on the past, which is more of like depression, and the future, which is more like anxiety. And rarely do we ever center ourselves in the very middle. But there might become a time where you put on a bathing suit and you're in this headspace and you feel like you can't shake it. But kind of like what Heidi was talking about bringing you to center, it's like, can you like feel the water between your toes yeah. if you're sticking them on the edge of the pool? Right. Can you feel like the sun beating on your back if you close your eyes? Can you like breathe in and smell like the air in the woods? It's like these kind of sensory moments are actually what bring you to center because yes. it's really hard to like physically be in the moment and think of all the, the swirling crap that you're usually entertaining because it's so easy for you to just go there. Right. Yeah. And kind of like what we talked about earlier with the habits and the small things you can do to bring the bar down, it literally might be your first step, might be just going to the store to target or whatever, and picking out a swimsuit that you think is cute and just going into the dressing room. And that might literally be all oh my gosh, totally so good. I remember um, <clears throat> thinking in my head, like, I will never be able to wear a two-piece. And I still am at a place where I don't feel like I like am confident enough to do it. But I remember like one day I was like, I'll just take some in and just try them on just to see. Yeah. Right? And of course I had all the swirly thoughts, but it was like brave enough for me just to take them on even off the rack and like walk into the dressing room and get a room just to even try them on was like the bravest thing I did with that in that context. Right? I love that. And it was like, fine. I never, I didn't buy one. I still don't wear one to this day, but at the same time, it's like, I tried it. Right. Well, and, totally. And every time we, it's just kind of like progressive overload. Every single time we do something that challenges us a little bit, we get a little bit braver. So maybe your next step will be like wearing one with a cute skirt. Right, like mm -hmm. a, or or marrying one that's like a little bit more like blousey, that like, that maybe isn't so like tight and revealing. And then you move to like a one shoulder, and like or slowly there might be a little bit of a cutout, or like maybe there's like a tiny bit of cleavage. Like whatever <laughs> it is, like you don't have to sprint to like a was it teeny yellow polka dot? Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm fully dating myself. I don't know what that is. 
Itty bitty yellow yeah. polka. I don't. I gosh, I really I don't know that now. Is it, but you don't have to go all the way there to have body confidence. Body right. confidence can just be like, look, this is the best I can do, and it's going to be great. Well, and it's so interesting that you even say that, which just shows the subjectivity of like bathing suits and body types and whatever. Because I do wear more of a t- even in my, you know, more insecure times fifteen years ago. I still, it was more inclined to the two piece tankini situation Mm. (laughs) than one pieces. I feel a lot more insecure in one pieces because I like things to be, I like to be held in, (laughs) especially in the, anyways, my point is just that like, it's even interesting just talking about your, thinking about your, noticing your thoughts about bathing suits and how it's interesting to me that you have that hierarchy, that two pieces are more brave than one piece. When I actually have the opposite feeling. Right. Isn't and that interesting? Right. And we all have these stories. Yes. Like, bathing suit. Yes. Right. Like I got us bathing suit um because I love me a bogo. Right. <laughs> and I was trying it on every day and my husband was there. I'm like, what do you think? He's like, it's not the worst one you've ever bought. And I was like, first of all, high praise from Basil. Like, yeah. Yeah, my husband is brutally honest. And I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, he's like, not. He's like, you've always bought the most unflattering swimsuits because you were always trying to hide your body. But in reality, they actually made you look worse. And I was like, wow. And I was like, okay, well, how nice of you to say like, you weren't like an insecure woman trying to hide your like middle and trouble. He goes, I know. He's like, I know why you were doing it. He's like, but I think you believed that it made you feel safer and you look better than it really did in some of the other ones you have. It's and so true. And you say that a lot yeah. about women that buy like really super yes. blousy, yes. hiding yeah. sort of yeah. clothes. Yeah. That's not helpful. Right. But that's what I, that's what I've always done. It's what I still kind of do. And it's interesting. Cause it's like, I wasn't even offended by the comment because I knew he was right. Yeah. Right? And it's sometimes it comes down to like, what are you doing for your own protection? That might not actually be like everyone else might still actually prefer you the other way. Right. Oh. But you got to come to terms with it yourself. I'm not saying haze yourself that way, but also just think that maybe what you believe is not the truth. Oh, right. That's so true because that, okay brilliant full unintentional full circle moment we're having here because the ultimate I mean that's what your inner critic is really trying to do is trying to protect you from more negative emotion by like by faith by hazing you or having you fail ahead of time right and it's it, it really isn't helpful at all it just makes you feel for sure worse instead of maybe worse right <laughs> so I'll just say I don't even know if I'm gonna keep that swimsuit or not <laughs> It's better than the other ones you bought. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Well, and just like notice, just like, I mean, it's like, you know, people say like, have faith in yourself or those kinds of things. As if having faith is like an inherently positive feeling. It's not. Like as we are practicing different new things, there's going to be negative emotion associated with it, right? Like it's, it is practicing something new, like, wearing a two-piece or wearing a bathing suit at all, or those kinds of things. It's not, it's not necessarily going to feel great, but it's going to feel even worse if you're being terrible to yourself all through it. Right. And just noticing what do you want to believe about wearing a swimsuit? What do you want to believe about other people? Do you want to believe that that people should go through a filtering system in order to buy a swimsuit? Like you deserve it. You don't, you can, you can't. Or does everybody get to play and we're all beautiful in our own way and we get to, and, and there's only ever now. So enjoy your life. Absolutely. And even if you're just starting to practice, like 
it is more important for me to be here and do this activity than it is about what I look like doing this activity. Yes. That is a great place to start. Like you don't have to love how you look while you're like, you know, to be happy. Yeah. To be happy. <laughs> and you also don't have to love how you look like diving off a waterfall and like Maui, right. Yeah. In order to enjoy the experience of diving off the waterfall. Yes. Maui. Because that experience guaranteed will be more rewarding and thrilling than you just sitting on the sidelines watching other people live. And that's really what this all comes down to. Yes. Right? How many things are you saying no to because of what you think you look like in reality, not really knowing if that's really the case, right? Right. Because we know that feelings aren't facts. Yep. Right. And you know, you've heard enough deathbed confessions in your life at this point to know that like people regret the things that they didn't do. They regret participating and going all in and letting go of their fears and appreciating themselves. I mean, how many women have you heard be like, I was so beautiful back then and I didn't notice it and didn't appreciate it. Right. So it's, you might even feel that way by yourself even a couple years ago and uh, what a crummy way to feel right it's like you have to believe that where you are now is exactly where you need to be and you are okay right and practicing being okay now helps you be okay in the future absolutely okay even more about the past right that's actually one of the things they tell you to help yourself with negative emotion I feel I'm I am okay even though I feel anxious I am okay even though I feel insecure I am okay, even though I feel like people might be judging me or whatever it is, right? But notice that here you are, still okay. So let's go right into like where you might not feel okay. Fair. Last one, (laughs) being your family or just being at the behest of the judgments of others. So there is this weird cultural thing we do where we judge people and how their life is going based on how they look like they weigh. Yeah. It's a horrible thing that we do. It's super unhelpful and it actually has zero context. Totally. Right. But yeah, here we are like, oh, they've gained weight. They must, their life must not be going well. Or if they've lost weight, like, oh, wow, they're crushing life right now. Right. When we've known, and enough of you know from Instagram and other, you know, anecdotes, is that that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Some people can be in the worst place of their mental health and life and be the thinnest they've ever been. Exactly. And quite the opposite, the heaviest they've ever been, but happier and feeling more at peace and at home and healed than ever. Yeah. So, with that, once again, kind of how that goes in context with what you feel about yourself, whether you've gained or lost weight or you're in a place where you like how you are or not. Um, family is hard, right? Because our family can be really brutally honest, but always with the best intentions. Right? <laughs> and so this comes down to you having your own back and also kind of like what we talked about earlier, really creating a way for you to feel safe and okay. And so if you do have like a judgmental aunt or uncle or parent or sibling, or you feel like someone's competitive, you have the right to be able to be like, that's super hurt my feelings. I would love it if we don't have to talk, if we don't talk about my body anymore and you can cut it down. Absolutely. Absolutely. And realizing too, that, that I kind of use this analogy sometimes of with emotions where you have like a passenger and a, a flight attendant. When there's turbulence, the passenger, all of a sudden their stomach drops out They're They, they weren't anticipating it. It's not familiar to them. They, they have a big emotional reaction to the turbulence. Right. And the flight attendant is like, oh yeah, this happens all the time. This is not a big deal. So on the one hand, realizing that as much as we'd love to tell you, be confident, like love yourself, like don't let other people get to you. Sometimes people in our family or friends or, or 
or really whatever, certain comments about certain things, we have that kind of involuntary emotional reaction to the thing, right? So realizing that you can also, just like we were saying earlier, you can also be your own flight attendant. Imagine if the passenger, if the passenger is freaking out and they look at the flight attendant and the flight attendant is also freaking out, right? Sometimes we do that when we completely give over to our emotions 100%. But if you can come back to the present moment and realize like you're still breathing, you're still okay, and find that place in you that has, um, you know, that, that can be your flight attendant, right? The part of you that, that knows you, sh- you don't deserve to feel this way. That's part of you that, that, um, that want, longs for that unconditional acceptance, right? Like, uh, sort of an, this is where we can reparent ourselves, so to speak, right. And reassure ourselves that everything, that everything is okay. Uh, it takes a lot of practice, right? Sometimes, you know, somebody says, says a hurtful thing, we react and we end up actually creating more of that emotion that we don't want when we react to our emotions. Um, other people's comments, other people's judgments, they really can't, they really can't affect us unless we agree with it, right? And sometimes when it is an insecure thing, there is a part of us that does believe that that could be true, right? Like it did look better before, or I shouldn't be this weight or whatever it is, right? But again, just because you're having that emotional reaction and that feels real, just like the kid with the melted popsicle, it doesn't mean it is real, right? So we just have to like reassure ourselves through that process. Um, and the negative noticing your brain actually might be looking for validation in some of these negative judgments that people give you. And that's also something that you need to be aware of. Yeah. You are always going to be trying to prove yourself right, which isn't a really great feeling. Mm-hmm. And so if that, if that triggers you and gives you like an emotional response, but your part of you is like, see, I knew it. I knew it. I yeah. Knew it. Like, did you know it? And then therefore, do you really agree with that person? Or do you recognize that it made you feel like crap? And then that's something that you should question as your own belief. Totally. And just like, you know, it, this was a hard, as a, as a real, like down to the core people pleaser, this took a long time for me to really understand, but like somebody, a lot of times we criticize our most critical thoughts about ourselves are when we imagine what other people are thinking about us. And so just remembering that, like, you know, if you're starting to try to picture yourself through other people's eyes. How am I fitting the standards that I think they have for me or those kinds of things? Remember that is, first of all, there's no way you can know that. Even somebody said, this is exactly what I think. You still couldn't know if that is exactly what they think. They might not even know that's what they think. Right? And, you know, whatever. So just remembering to come, just like coming back to the present moment, coming back to your own thoughts and your own mind, because your own your brain is what generates your emotions and how you feel. So self-soothing, self-supporting, um, those, those are really going to be your best assets. And it really, it just takes practice. Absolutely. And if you need to reduce yourself to a, a little child that like you care about, whether mm-hmm. it's your own or a niece and nephew, or even just a friend's child, that might be a really important exercise for you to be like, if they said this about them, I would feel defensive. Yeah. So why am I not defensive about it for myself? Yeah. Like, it's like if someone criticized my daughter and was like, oh, you know, so-and-so has gotten a little chubby. How would, how would I feel about that? It should feel the, I should feel the same way about it for myself. Yes. And having your own back, right? Yeah. And that instinct to be like, oh my gosh, that was super rude. It might be hard. We have some really, really intertwined 
toxic, hard, wonderful, incredible family relationships. These are, these are, these are, the, these are the relationships of our lives, right? Mm-hmm. But if you could have your own back, all of these things, these summer stressors will feel a lot more okay as long as you have your back about it. Right? And what does that even mean having your back about it? Like, I know we say that a lot and I know that, like it's out on Instagram, but like, what does having your back really mean? Having your own back means, um, I mean, it can mean a lot of different things given on the, given the situation, but it means talking to yourself in a kind, respectful way. Talking, like you just said, talking to yourself, like you would someone that you love. Um, and that doesn't necessarily, a lot of people think, well, if I accept myself, then I won't work as hard anymore, or I'll just let everything go to pot. Really? I don't think so. <laughs> like I'm, we're, we're not saying like, tell yourself like, oh, you, everything you do is art and you never make mistakes. It's, it's about talking to yourself with respect, um, naming, coming back to the present moment, naming what you're feeling, supporting yourself in negative emotion. Because here's the thing too, is if we're not dealing with negative emotion, that means we also are not going to be able to embrace positive emotion. So if you want to feel good about yourself, you've got to be nice to yourself when you feel like crap. Yeah. And it's just like, in my mind, when I think of having your own back, I think of like a bar fight, right? Yeah. Like how would I, how would I have your Heidi's back in a bar fight? It would be like, I would fight for you. Are you fighting for yourself? Are you fighting for what you deserve and what you know that you should believe for yourself and that you want? Are you fighting to be like, no, I get to be in a freaking bathing suit this year because I don't want to say no one more summer or shorts or a sundress or exactly or just even leaving the house or entertaining without even there, walking onto the beach, right? Whatever it is, whatever your Goliath is feeling like right now, yeah. like have your own back. Go into that with the same mentality that you would in a bar fight. <laughs> I love it. Break that bottle. All right. <laughs> Hopefully this time we'll see you guys on the next episode. You made it. The butter dish didn't melt your face. Thanks so much for hanging with us. If you enjoy that episode, we'd love it if you would subscribe, share it to your social media, or leave a comment. That all really helps. So the kids say. <laughs> if you want to find us, you can find us at Instagram at Butter Your Macros. On the web at ButterYourMacros.com. Twitter and TikTok at What's Up Butters. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks. <laughs>